0: Act 3, Scene 9 Edge of the Forbidden Forest They are returned from time, at the edge of the forest, and Ron is in a lot of pain. Snape looks around, immediately aware of the mess they're in. Ron Ow! 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 Hermione Ron! Ron! What has it done to you? Snape Oh no, I knew it! Scorpius. The time-turner did something to Albus, too. The first time we went back. Ron. Useful. Time to... Oh, tell us! Snape. We're above ground. We need to move now. Hermione. Ron, you can still walk. Come on. Ron does stand up, shouting in pain. Snape raises his wand. Scorpius. Did it work? Hermione. We blocked the spell. Cedric kept his wand. Yes, it worked. "'Snape, but we came back to the wrong place. "'We are outside. You are outside. "'Ron, we need to use the time-turner again. Get out of here!' "'Snape, we need to find shelter. We're horribly exposed!' "'Suddenly, from around the auditorium, "'the feel of the breath of an icy wind, "'some black robes arise around people, "'black robes that become black shapes, that become Dementors. "'Hermione.' too late. Snape. This is a disaster. Hermione. She realises what she has to do. They're after me, not any of you. Run. I love you, and I always have, but the three of you need to run. Go, now. Run. What? Scorpius. What? Run. Can we talk about the love thing first? Hermione. This is still Voldemort's world, and I am done with it. Reversing the next task will change everything. Scorpius. But they'll kiss you. They'll suck out your soul. Hermione. And then you'll change the past. And then they won't. Go. Now! The Dementors sense them. From all sides, screaming shapes descend. Snape. Go. We go. He pulls on Scorpius's arm. Scorpius reluctantly goes with him. Hermione looks at Ron. Hermione. You're supposed to be going too. Ron. Well, they are after me a bit, and I really am in quite a lot of pain, and, you know, I'd rather be here. Expecto! As he reaches up to cast the spell, Hermione stops his arm. Hermione. Let's keep them here, and give the boy the best chance we can. Ron looks at her, and then nods sadly. Hermione. A daughter. Ron. And a son. I like that idea too. He looks around. He knows his fate. I'm scared. Hermione. Kiss me. Ron thinks and then does. And then the two are yanked apart and pinned to the ground and we watch as a golden whitish haze is pulled from their bodies. They have their souls sucked from them and it is terrifying. Scorpius watches helplessly "'Snape. Let's get down to the water. Walk. Don't run.' "'Snape looks at Scorpius. Stay calm, Scorpius. They may be blind, but they can sense your fear.' "'Scorpius looks at Snape. Scorpius. They just sucked out their souls.' "'A Dementor swoops down low over them and settles in front of Scorpius. "'Snape. Think of something else, Scorpius. Occupy your thoughts. Scorpius.' I feel cold. I can't see. There's a fog inside me, around me. Snape, you are a king, and I'm a professor. They'll only attack with good reason. Think about those you love. Think about why you're doing this. Scorpius, I can hear my mother. She wants me my help, but she knows I can't help. Snape, listen to me, Scorpius. Think about Albus. You're giving up your kingdom for Albus, right? Scorpius is helpless, consumed by all the Dementor is making him feel. Snape, one person. All it takes is one person. I couldn't save Harry for Lily. So now I give my allegiance to the cause she believed in, and it's possible that along the way I started believing in it myself.' Scorpius smiles at Snape. He steps decisively away from the Dementor. Scorpius, The world changes, and we change with it. I'm better off in this world, but the world is not better, and I don't want that. Suddenly, Dolores Umbridge emerges in front of them. Dolores Umbridge. Professor Snape. Snape. Professor Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge. Have you heard the news? We've caught that traitorous, mudblood Hermione Granger. She was just out here. Snape, that's fantastic. Dolores is staring at Snape. He looks back. Dolores Umbridge. With you. Granger was with you. Snape. With me? You're mistaken. Dolores Umbridge. With you and Scorpius Malfoy... A student I'm becoming increasingly concerned about. Scorpius. Well, Snape. Dolores were late for class, so if you'll excuse us. Dolores Umbridge. If you're late for class, why are you not heading back to the school? Why are you heading to the lake? There's a moment of pure silence. And then Snape does something hugely unusual. He smiles. Snape. How long have you suspected? Dolores' umbrage rises off the ground. She opens her arms wide, full of dark magic. She takes out her wand. Dolores' umbrage. Years, and I should have acted upon it far earlier. Snape is faster with his wand. Snape. The pulso! Dolores is propelled backwards through the air. She always was too grand for her own good. There's no turning back now. The sky turns even blacker still around them. Expecto Patronum. Snape sends forward a Patronus, and it's a beautiful white shape of a doe. Scorpius. A doe? Lily's Patronus. Snape. Strange, isn't it, what comes from within? Dementors start to appear all around them. Snape knows what this means. You need to run. I will keep them at bay for as long as I can. Scorpius. Thank you for being my light in the darkness. Snape looks at him, every inch a hero. He softly smiles. Snape. Tell Albus. Tell Albus Severus. I am proud he carries my name. Now go, go! The doe looks back at Scorpius and then starts to run. Scorpius thinks and then runs after the doe, and around him the world gets scarier. A blood-curdling scream goes up at one side. He sees the lake and throws himself inside. Snape readies himself. Snape is pulled hard to the ground and then pushed high into the air as his soul is ripped from him, and the screams just seem to multiply. The doe turns to him with beautiful eyes and disappears. There is a bang and a flash, and then silence. And then there's more silence. It's so still. It's so peaceful. It's so perfectly tranquil. And then Scorpius ascends to the surface, breathing deeply. He looks around himself, breathing deep, panicked breaths. He looks up at the sky. The sky certainly seems bluer than before. And then Albus ascends after him. There's a silence. Scorpius just looks at Albus, disbelieving. Both boys breathe in and out. Albus. Whoa! Scorpius. Albus. Albus. That was close. Did you see that merman? The guy with the... And then the thing with the... Whoa! Scorpius. It's you! "'Albus. It was weird, though. "'I thought I saw Cedric start to expand, "'but then he sort of started shrinking again, "'and I looked at you and you had your wand out.' "'Scorpius. You have no idea how good it is to see you again. "'Albus. You just saw me two minutes ago.' "'Scorpius hugs Albus in the water. A difficult task. "'Scorpius. A lot has happened since then. "'Albus. Careful, you're drowning me.' What are you wearing? Scorpius. What am I wearing? He pulls off his cloak. What are you wearing? Yes! You're in Slytherin! Albus. Did it work? Did we do anything? Scorpius. No. And it's brilliant. Albus looks at him, disbelieving. Albus. What? We failed? Scorpius. Yes. 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 And it's amazing! He splashes hard in the water. Albus pulls himself out to the bank. Albus. Scorpius, have you been eating too many sweets again? Scorpius. There you go, you see. All dry humour and Albusy. I love it. Albus. Now I'm starting to get worried. Harry enters and sprints to the side of the water, followed quickly by Draco, Ginny and Professor McGonagall. Harry. Albus, Albus, are you okay? Scorpius overjoyed. Harry, it's Harry Potter and Ginny and Professor McGonagall and Dad, my Dad, hi Dad. Draco, hello Scorpius. Albus, you're all here. Ginny, and Myrtle told us everything. Albus, what's going on? Professor McGonagall. You're the one who's just returned from time. Why don't you tell us? Scorpius immediately registers what they know. Scorpius. Oh, no. Oh, bother. Where is it? Albus. Just returned from where? Scorpius. I've lost it. I've lost the time-turner. Albus, looking at Scorpius, deeply annoyed. You've lost what? Harry. Time to cut the pretense, Albus. Professor McGonagall. I think you've got some explaining to do. Act 3, Scene 10. Hogwarts Headmistress's Office. Draco, Ginny and Harry stand behind a contrite-looking Scorpius and Albus. Professor McGonagall is fuming. Professor McGonagall. So, to be clear, you illegally jumped off the Hogwarts Express... You invaded and stole from the Ministry of Magic. You took it upon yourself to change time, whereupon you disappeared two people. Albus, I agree, it doesn't sound good, Professor McGonagall. And your response to disappearing Hugo and Rose Granger Weasley was to go back in time again. And this time, instead of losing two people, you lost a huge number of people and killed your father. And in doing so, you resurrected the worst wizard the world has ever known and heralded in a new age of dark magic. Dry. You're correct, Mr. Potter. It doesn't sound good, does it? Are you aware how stupid you've been? Scorpius. Yes, Professor. Albus hesitates a moment. He looks at Harry. Albus. Yes. Harry. Harry. Professor, if I may. Professor McGonagall. You may not. What you choose to do as parents is your matter, but this is my school and these are my students and I will choose what punishment they will face. Draco. Seems fair. Harry looks at Ginny, who shakes her head. Professor McGonagall. I should expel you, but... With a look to Harry. Harry. All things considered, I think it might be safer for you to remain in my care. You are in detention for... Well, you can consider yourself in detention for the rest of the year. Christmas is cancelled for you. You can forget of visiting Hogsmeade ever again. And that's just the start. Suddenly, Hermione bursts in, all action and resolve. Hermione, what did I miss? Professor McGonagall, fierce. It is considered polite to knock when entering a room, Hermione Granger. Maybe you missed that. Hermione realises she's overstepped. Ah. Professor McGonagall. If I could also give a detention to you, Minister, I would, keeping hold of a time-turner, of all the stupid things. Hermione. In my defence, Professor McGonagall. And in a bookcase. You kept it in a bookcase, it's almost laughable. Hermione. Minerva, there is an intake of breath. Professor McGonagall. Professor McGonagall. Your children didn't exist. Hermione has no reply to that. This happened in my school, under my watch, after all that Dumbledore did. I couldn't live with myself. Hermione. I know. Professor McGonagall composes herself for a moment. Professor McGonagall, to Albus and Scorpius. Your intentions to save Cedric were honourable, if misguided, and it does sound as if you were brave, Scorpius and you, Albus, but the lesson even your father sometimes failed to heed is that bravery doesn't forgive stupidity. Always think. Think what's possible. A world controlled by Voldemort is... Scorpius. A horrific world. Professor McGonagall. You are so young. She looks at Harry, Draco, Ginny and Hermione. You're all so young. You have no idea how dark the Wizarding Wars got. You were... reckless. With the world, some people... some very dear friends of mine and yours... Sacrificed a huge amount to create and sustain. Albus. Yes, Professor. Scorpius. Yes, Professor. Professor McGonagall. Go on. Get out, the lot of you, and find me that time-turner. Act 3, Scene 11 Hogwarts Slytherin Dormitory Albus is sitting in his room. Harry enters and looks at his son, full of anger, but cautious not to let it spill. Harry. Thanks for letting me come up. Albus turns. He nods at his dad. He's being cautious too. No luck as yet with the time-turner searching, They're negotiating with the mare people to dredge the lake. He sits down uncomfortably. This is a nice room. Albus, green is a soothing colour, isn't it? I mean, Gryffindor rooms are all well and good, but the trouble with red is it is said to send you a little mad, not that I'm casting aspersions. Harry, can you explain why you tried to do this? Albus, I thought I could change things. I thought Cedric, it's unfair. Harry, of course it's unfair, Albus. Don't you think I know that? I was there, I saw him die, but to do this, to risk all this. Albus, I know. Harry, failing to contain his anger. If you were trying to do as I did, you went the wrong way about it. I didn't volunteer for adventure, I was forced into it. You did something really reckless, something really stupid and dangerous, something that could have destroyed everything. Albus, I know. Okay, I know. Pause. Albus wipes away a tear. Harry notices it and takes a breath. He pulls himself back from the brink. Harry. Well, I was wrong too. To think Scorpius was Voldemort's son. He wasn't a black cloud. Albus. No. Harry. And I've locked away the map. You won't see it again. Your mum left your room exactly as it was when you ran away. You know that. Wouldn't let me go in, wouldn't let anyone go in. You really scared her. And me. Albus. Really scared you? Harry. Yes. Albus. I thought Harry Potter wasn't afraid of anything. Harry. Is that how I make you feel? Albus looks at his dad, trying to figure him out. Albus. I don't think Scorpius said, but when we returned after failing to fix the first task, I was suddenly in Gryffindor House. Nothing was better between us then either. So the fact that I'm in Slytherin, that's not the reason for our problems. It's not just about that. Harry. No, I know. It's not just about that. Harry looks at Albus. Are you okay, Albus? Albus. No. No. Harry. No. Nor me. Act Three, Scene Twelve. Dream. Godric's Hollow. Graveyard. Young Harry stands looking at a gravestone, covered in bunches of flowers. He has a small bunch of flowers in his hand. Aunt Petunia. Go on, then. Lay down your grotty little flowers and then let's go. I already hate this poxy little village. I don't know why I even had the thought. Godric's Hollow, godless hollow more like. The place is clearly a hive of filth. Go on, chop-chop. Young Harry approaches the grave. He stands a moment more. Now, Harry, I don't have time for this. Duddy has his cups tonight and you know he hates to be late. Young Harry Aunt Petunia, we're the last living relatives, right? Aunt Petunia Yes, you and I, yes. Young Harry And they weren't popular. You said they didn't have any friends. Aunt Petunia Lily tried, bless her. She tried. It wasn't her fault, but she repelled people, by her very nature. It was her intensity. It was her manner. It was her way. And your father? Obnoxious man. Extraordinarily obnoxious. No friends. Neither of them. Young Harry. So my question is why are there so many flowers? Why are there flowers all over their grave? Aunt Petunia looks around. She sees all the flowers, as if for the first time, and it moves her hugely. She approaches and then sits by her sister's grave, trying hard to fight the emotions as they come to her, but succumbing all the same. Aunt Petunia. Oh, yes. Well, I suppose there are a few. Must have blown over from other graves. Or someone's playing a trick. Yes, I think that's most likely. Some young rapscallion with too much time on his hands has gone around collecting flowers from all the other graves and deposited them here, young Harry. But they're all marked with their names. Lily and James, what you did we will never forget. Lily and James, your sacrifice. Voldemort. I smell guilt. There is a stench of guilt in the air. Aunt Petunia to young Harry. Get away! Get away from there! She pulls him back. Voldemort's hand rises into the air above the potter's gravestone. The rest of him rises after. We don't see his face, but his body provides a jagged, horrific shape. I knew it. This place is dangerous. The sooner we leave Godric's Hollow, the better. Young Harry is pulled from the stage, but turns to face Voldemort. Voldemort. Do you still see with my eyes Harry Potter? Young Harry exits, disturbed, as Albus bursts from within Voldemort's cloak. He reaches out a desperate hand towards his dad. Albus. Dad! Dad! There's some words spoken in Parseltongue. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming! and then a scream. And then right from the back of the room, and whispering around everyone, words said with an unmistakable voice. The voice of Voldemort. Harry Potter! Act 3, Scene 13 Harry and Ginny Potter's House Kitchen. Harry is in a horrible state, petrified by what he thinks his dreams are telling him. Ginny. Harry. Harry. What is it? You were screaming. Harry. They haven't stopped. The dreams. Ginny. They weren't likely to stop immediately. It's been a stressful time, and. Harry. But I was never in Godric's Hollow with Aunt Petunia. This doesn't... Ginny. Harry, you're really scaring me. Harry. He's still here, Ginny. Ginny. Who's still here? Harry. Voldemort. I saw Voldemort and Albus. Ginny. And Albus? Harry. He said... Voldemort said... I smell guilt. There's a stench of guilt upon the air. He was talking to me. Harry looks at her. He touches his scar. Her face falls. Ginny. Harry. Is Alba still in danger? Harry's face grows white. Harry. I think we all are. Act 3, Scene 14. Hogwarts, Slytherin Dormitory. Scorpius leans ominously over Albus's bedhead. Scorpius. Albus. Psst. Albus. Albus doesn't wake. Albus. Albus wakes with a shock. Scorpius laughs. Albus. Pleasant. That's a pleasant and not scary way to wake up. Scorpius. You know... It's the strangest of things, but ever since being in the scariest place imaginable, I'm pretty much good with fear. I am Scorpius the Dreadless. I am Malfoy the Unanxious. Albus. Good. Scorpius. I mean, normally, being in lockdown, being in constant detention, it'd break me, but now, what's the worst they can do? bring back mouldy-voldy and have him torture me. Nope. Albus, you're scary when you're in a good mood. You know that. Scorpius, when Rose came up to me today in potions and called me breadhead, I almost hugged her. No, there's no almost about it. I actually tried to hug her, and then she kicked me in the shin. Albus, I'm not sure being fearless is going to be good for your health. Scorpius looks at Albus. His face grows more contemplative. Scorpius. You don't know how good it is to be back here, Albus. I hated it there. Albus. Apart from the Polly Chapman fancying you bits. Scorpius. Cedric was a different person entirely. Dark. Dangerous. My dad doing anything they wanted him to. And me... I discovered another Scorpius, you know. Entitled, angry, mean. People were frightened of me. It feels like we were all tested and we all failed. Albus, but you changed things. You had a chance and you changed time back. Changed yourself back. Scorpius, only because I knew what I should be. Albus digests this. Albus, do you think I've been tested too, I have, haven't I? Scorpius. No. Not yet. Albus. You're wrong. The stupid thing wasn't going back once. Anyone can make that mistake. The stupid thing was being arrogant enough to go back twice. Scorpius. We both went back, Albus. Albus. And why was I so determined to do this? Cedric? Really? No, I had something to prove. My dad's right. He didn't volunteer for adventure. Me, this, it's all my fault. And if it wasn't for you, everything could have gone dark. Scorpius. But it didn't. And you're to thank for that as much as me. When the Dementors were inside my head, Severus Snape told me to think of you. You may not have been there, Albus, but you were fighting fighting alongside me. Albus nods, touched by this. And saving Cedric, that wasn't such a bad idea. Not in my head anyway, though, you know right, that we definitely can't try again. Albus. Yes, I do. I do know that. Scorpius. Good. Then you can help me destroy this. Scorpius reveals the time-turner to Albus. Albus. I'm pretty sure you told everyone that was on the bottom of a lake. Scorpius. Turns out Malfoy the Unanxious is a pretty good liar. Albus. Scorpius, we should tell someone about this. Scorpius. Who? The Ministry kept it before. Do you really trust them not to keep it again? Only you and I have experienced how dangerous this is. That means you and I have to destroy it. No one can do what we did, Albus. No one. No. Slightly grandly. It's time that time-turning became a thing of the past. Albus. You're quite proud of that phrase, aren't you? Scorpius. Been working on it all day. Act Three, Scene Fifteen Hogwarts, Slytherin Dormitory Harry and Ginny move quickly through the dormitory. Craig Bowker, Jr. trails after them. Craig Bowker, Jr. Can I repeat again? This is against the rules, and it's the middle of the night. Harry, I need to find my son. Craig Bowker, Jr. I know who you are, Mr. Potter, but even you must understand that it's against school covenant for parents or professors to enter house quarters without express permission from... Professor McGonagall charges in behind them. Professor McGonagall. Please don't be tiresome, Craig. Harry. You got our message? Good. Craig Bowker Jr. Shocked. Headmistress, I'm... I was just... Harry pulls open a bed curtain. Professor McGonagall. He's gone. Harry. Yes. Professor McGonagall. And young Malfoy? Ginny pulls open another. Ginny, oh no, Professor McGonagall, then let's turn this school upside down. Craig, we've work to do. Ginny and Harry stay looking at the bed. Ginny, haven't we been here before? Harry, something feels worse this time. Ginny looks at her husband, full of fear. Ginny, you spoke to him earlier? Harry, yes. Ginny, you came to his dorm and talked to him. Harry, you know I did. Ginny, what did you say to our son, Harry? Harry can hear the accusation in her voice. Harry, I tried to be honest, like you said. I didn't say anything. Ginny, and you controlled yourself? How heated did it get? Harry, I don't think I... You think I've scared him away again? Ginny. I can forgive you for one mistake, Harry, maybe even two. But the more mistakes you make, the harder to forgive you it becomes. Act 3. Scene 16. Hogwarts. Owlry. Scorpius and Albus emerge onto a roof bathed in silver light. There's soft hooting all around them. Scorpius. So, I think a simple confringo? Albus. Definitely not. For something like this, you need expulso. Scorpius. Expulso? Expulso? And we'll be clearing bits of time-turner from this hourie for days. Albus. Bombarder? Scorpius. And wake up everyone in Hogwarts? Maybe stupefy. They were originally destroyed using stupefy. Albus. Exactly. It's been done before. Let's do something new. Something fun. Scorpius. Fun? Look, many wizards overlook the importance of choosing the right spell, but this really matters. I think it's a much underestimated part of modern witchcraft. Delphi. A much underestimated part of modern witchcraft. You two are the greatest. You know that. Scorpius looks up, surprised to see Delphi has emerged behind them. Scorpius Wow, you're, um, what are you doing here? Albus It felt important to send an owl, let her know what we're doing, you know. Scorpius looks at his friend accusingly. This concerns her too. Scorpius thinks, and then nods, accepting this. Delphi What concerns me? What's this about? Albus gets out the time-turner. Albus we need to destroy the Time-Turner. The thing Scorpius saw after the second task. I'm so sorry. We can't risk going back again. We can't save your cousin. Delphi looks at it, and then at them both. Delphi. Your owl said so little. Albus. Imagine the worst possible world, and then double it. People being tortured. Dementors everywhere. A despotic Voldemort. My dad dead. Me never born, the world surrounded by dark magic. We just... we can't allow that to happen. Delphi hesitates, and then her face breaks. Delphi. Voldemort ruled. He was alive. Scorpius. He ruled everything. It was terrible. Delphi. Because of what we did. Scorpius. Humiliating Cedric turned him into a very angry young man and then he became a Death Eater and, and it all went wrong really wrong Delphi looks at Scorpius's face carefully her face sinks Delphi a Death Eater Scorpius and a murderer he killed Professor Longbottom Delphi then of course we need to destroy it Albus you understand Delphi I'll go further than that. I'll say Cedric would have understood. We'll destroy it together, and then we'll go to my uncle, explain the situation. Albus. Thank you. Delphi smiles at them sadly, and then takes the time-turner. She looks at it, and her expression changes slightly. Oh, nice mark. Delphi. What? Delphi's cloak has loosened. An augury tattoo is visible on the back of her neck. "'Albus. On your back? I hadn't noticed it before. The wings. Is that what the muggles call a tattoo?' "'Delphi. Oh, yes, well, it's an augury.' "'Scorpius. An augury?' "'Delphi. Haven't you met them in care of magical creatures? They're sinister-looking black birds that cry when rain's coming. Wizards used to believe that the augury's cry foretold death. When I was growing up, my guardian kept one in a cage. "'Scorpius.' Your guardian. Delphi looks at Scorpius. Now she has the time-turner. She's enjoying this game. Delphi. She used to say it was crying because it could see I was going to come to a sticky end. She didn't like me much. Euphemia roll. She only took me in for the gold. Albus. Why would you want a tattoo of her bird then? Delphi. It reminds me that the future is mine to make. Albus. Cool. I might get an augury tattoo. Scorpius. The rolls were pretty extreme death eaters. A thousand thoughts were inside Scorpius's head. Albus. Come on. Let's get destroying. Confringo? Stupefy? Bombarder? Which would you use? Scorpius. Give it back. Give us back the time turner. Delphi What? Albus Scorpius, what are you doing? Scorpius I don't believe you ever were ill. Why didn't you come to Hogwarts? Why are you here now? Delphi I'm trying to bring my cousin back. Scorpius They called you the augury. In the other world, they called you the augury. A slow smile grows on Delphi's face. Delphi The augury? I rather like that. Albus. Delphi? She's too quick. Leveling her wand, she repels Scorpius, and she is far stronger. Scorpius tries to keep her back, but she quickly overpowers him. Delphi. Fulgari! Scorpius's arms are bound in vicious, luminous cords. Scorpius. Albus, run! Albus looks around, bewildered, and then starts to run. Delphi. Fulgari! Albus is propelled to the floor, his hands tied by the same brutal binding. And that is the first spell I've had to use on you. I thought I'd have to use plenty more, but you're far easier to control than Amos. Children, particularly male children, are so naturally pliant, aren't they? Now, let's sort this mess out once and for all. Albus. Why? But what? But who are you? Delphi. Albus. I am the new past. She pulls Albus's wand from him and snaps it. I am the new future. She pulls Scorpius's wand from him and snaps it. I am the answer this world has been looking for. Act 3, Scene 17 Ministry of Magic. Hermione's office. Ron is sitting on Hermione's desk, eating porridge. Ron. I can't get over it, really. The fact that in some realities we aren't even, you know, married. Hermione. Ron, whatever this is, I've got ten minutes until the goblins show up to talk security at Gringotts. Ron. I mean, we've been together so long, and married for so long. I mean, so long. Hermione. ''If this is your way of saying you want a marital break, Ron, then, to be clear, I will skewer you with this quill.'' ''Ron, shut up. Will you shut up for once? I want to do one of those marriage renewal things I've read about. Marriage renewal. What do you think?'' Hermione, melting slightly. ''You want to marry me again?'' ''Ron, well, we were only young when we did it the first time, and I got very drunk.'' And, um, well, to be honest, I can't remember much of it, and the truth is, I love you, Hermione Granger. And whatever time says, I'd like the opportunity to say so in front of lots of other people. Again. Sober. She looks at him. She smiles. She pulls him to her. She kisses him. Hermione. You're sweet. Ron. A due taste of Toffee. Hermione laughs. Harry, Ginny and Draco walk in on them as they move to kiss again. They spring apart. Hermione. Harry, Ginny and... I... er... Draco. How lovely to see you. Harry. The dreams. They've started again. Well, they haven't stopped. Ginny. And Albus is missing. Again. Draco. Scorpius too. We've had McGonagall check the entire school. They're gone. Hermione. I'll get the auras summoned immediately. I'll... Ron. No, you won't. It's all fine. Albus. I saw him last night. It's all good. Draco. Where? They all turn to look at Ron. He's briefly disconcerted, but batters on. Ron. I was having a couple of fire whiskies with Neville and Hogsmeade. As you do setting the world to rights, as we do, and we were coming back, quite late, very late, and trying to work out which flu I could use because when you've had a drink sometimes you don't want to use the tight ones or the turny ones or... Ginny, Ron, if you could get to the point before we all strangle you. Ron. He hasn't run away. He's having a quiet moment. He got himself an older girlfriend. Harry. An older girlfriend? Ron. And a cracking one at that... Gorgeous silver hair. Saw them on the roof together, near the Owlry, with Scorpius playing the Gooseberry. Nice to see my love potion being used well, I thought. Harry has a thought. Harry. Her hair. Was it silver and blue? Ron. That's it. Silver, blue, yep. Harry. He's talking about Delphi Diggory, niece of Amos Diggory. Ginny. This is about Cedric again. Harry says nothing, thinking fast. Hermione looks around the room, concerned, and then shouts out of the door. Hermione Ethel, cancel the goblins. Act 3, Scene 18. St. Oswald's Home for Old Witches and Wizards. Amos's Room. Harry walks in, wand outstretched, with Draco. Harry, Where are they? Amos, Harry Potter. And what can I do for you, sir? And Draco Malfoy, I am blessed. Harry, I know how you've used my son. Amos. I've used your son? No. You, sir, you used my beautiful son. Draco. Tell us, now, where are Albus and Scorpius, or face the profoundest consequences? Amos. But why would I know where they are? Draco. Don't play the senility card with us, old man. We know you've been sending him owls. Amos. I've done nothing of the kind. Harry. Amos, you're not too old for Azkaban. They were last seen on the Hogwarts Tower with your niece when they disappeared. Amos. I have no idea what you are. He stops a beat, confused. My niece? Harry. There are no depths to which you won't sink, are there? Yes, your niece. Are you denying she was there under your express instructions? Amos. Yes, I am. I don't have a niece. This stops Harry. Draco. Yes, you do. A nurse. Works here. Your niece, Delphine Diggory. Amos. I know I don't have a niece because I never had any brothers and sisters, nor did my wife. Draco We need to find out who she is, now! Act 3, Scene 19 Hogwarts, Quidditch Pitch We open on Delphi, enjoying every second of her changed identity. Where there was discomfort and insecurity, now there's just power. Albus What are we doing on the Quidditch Pitch? Delphi says nothing. Scorpius the try was a tournament. The third task. The maze. This is where the maze was. We're going back for Cedric. Delphi. Yes. It is time to spare the spare once and for all. We will go back for Cedric, and in doing so, we will resurrect the world you saw, Scorpius. Scorpius. Hell. You want to resurrect hell. Delphi. I want to return to pure and strong magic. I want to rebirth the dark. Scorpius. You want Voldemort's return? Delphi, the one true ruler of the wizarding world. He will return. Now you've ensured the first two tasks are a little clogged up with magic. There are at least two visits from the future in both of them, and I will not risk being revealed or distracted. The third task is clean. So let's start there, shall we? Albus, we won't stop him. Whatever you force us to do, we know he needs to win the tournament with my dad. Delphi, I don't just want you to stop him. I want you to humiliate him. He needs to fly out of that maze, naked on a broomstick made of purple feather dusters. Humiliation got you there before, and it'll get us there again. And the prophecy will be fulfilled. Scorpius. Wasn't aware that there was a prophecy. What prophecy? Delphi. You have seen the world as it should be, Scorpius. And today we're going to ensure its return. Albus. We won't. We won't obey you. Whoever you are. Whatever you want us to do. Delphi. Of course you will. Albus. You'll have to use Imperio. You'll have to control me. Delphi. No. To fulfil the prophecy, this has to be you, not a puppet of you. You have to be the one to humiliate Cedric, so Imperio just won't do. I'll have to force you by other means. She takes out her wand. She points it at Albus, who sticks his chin out. Albus. Do you worst. Delphi looks at him and then turns her wand on Scorpius. Delphi, I will. Albus, no! Delphi, yes, as I thought, this seems to frighten you more. Scorpius, Albus, whatever she does to me, we can't let her... Delphi, Crucio! Scorpius yells out in pain. Albus, I will... Delphi, laughing. What? What on earth do you think you can do? A wizard-wide disappointment, a sore on your family name, a spare. You want to stop me hurting your only friend. Then do what you're told. She looks at Albus. His eyes stay resistant. No. Crucio! Albus. Stop, please. Craig runs in, full of energy. Craig Bowker, Jr. Scorpius! Scorpius! Albus, everyone's looking for you. Albus, Craig, get away, get help. Craig, Bowker Jr., what's happening? Delphi, Avada, Kedavra! Delphi sends a blast of green light across the stage. Craig is propelled backwards by it and is immediately killed. There's a silence, a silence that seems to last for a long time. Did you not understand... These are not childish games we are playing here. You are useful to me. Your friends are not. Albus and Scorpius look at Craig's body. Their minds in hell. It took me a long time to discover your weakness, Albus Potter. I thought it was pride. I thought it was the need to impress your father. But then I realised your weakness was the same as your father's friendship you will do exactly as you're told otherwise scorpius will die just like that spare did she looks at them both voldemort will return and the augury will sit at his side just as it was prophesied when spares are spared when time is turned when unseen children murder their fathers then will the dark lord return she smiles she pulls scorpius viciously towards her cedric is the spare and albus she pulls albus viciously towards her the unseen child who will kill his father by rewriting time and so return the dark lord the time turner starts rotating she pulls their hands to it. Now! And there is a giant whoosh of light, a smash of noise, and time stops. And then it turns over, thinks a bit, and begins spooling backwards, slow at first. And then it speeds up. And then there's a sucking noise and a bang. Act 3, Scene 20 wizard Tournament, Maze 1995. The maze is a spiral of hedges that don't stop moving. Delphi walks determined through it. Behind her, she drags Albus and Scorpius, their arms bound, their legs reluctantly moving. Ludo Bagman. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the greatest, the fabulous, the one and the only Triwizard Tournament. There's a loud cheer. Delphi turns left. If you're from Hogwarts, give me a cheer. There's a loud cheer. If you're from Doomstrang, give me a cheer! There's a loud cheer. And if you're from Beaubaton, give me a cheer! There's a fulsome cheer. Delphi and the boys are forced to move as a hedge closes upon them. The French finally showing us what they're capable of there. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the final of the try wizard tasks. A maze of mysteries, a disease of uncontrollable darkness. For this maze, it lives. It lives! Victor Crumb passes across the stage, moving through the maze. And why risk this living nightmare? Because inside this maze is a cup, and not just any cup. Yes, the Tri Wizard Trophy stands within this vegetation. Delphi. Where is he? Where is Cedric? A hedge almost dissects Albus and Scorpius. Scorpius, the hedges want to kill us too. Oh, this gets better and better. Delphi, you will keep up or face the consequences. Ludo Bagman. The perils are plentiful, but the prizes are palpable. Who will fight their way through? Who will fall at the final hurdle? What heroes do we have within our midst? Only time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. Only time will tell. They move through the maze, Scorpius and Albus being compelled by Delphi. As she moves ahead, the boys have a chance to talk. Scorpius. Albus, we need to do something. Albus. I know, but what? She has snapped our wands, we're bound, and she's threatening to kill you. Scorpius, I'm ready to die if it'll stop Voldemort returning. Albus, are you? Scorpius, you won't have to mourn me for long. She'll kill me and quickly kill you too. Albus, desperate. The floor in the time-turner, the five-minute rule. We do all we can to run down the clock. Scorpius, it won't work. As another hedge changes direction... Delphi pulls Albus and Scorpius in after her. They continue through this maze of despair. Ludo Bagman. Now let me remind you of the current standings. Tied in first place, Mr Cedric Diggory and Mr Harry Potter. In second place, Mr Victor Crumb. And in third place, Sacrebleu, Miss Fleur Delacour. Suddenly, Albus and Scorpius emerge from behind a maze. They're running. Albus. Where did she go? Scorpius. Does it matter? Which way do you think? Delphi rises up after them. She's flying and without a broom. Delphi. You poor creatures. She throws the boys to the ground. Thinking you can escape me. Albus, astonished. You're not even on a broom. Delphi. Brooms, such unwieldy, unnecessary objects. Three minutes gone, we have two minutes left, and you will do what you're told. Scorpius, no, we won't. Delphi, you think you can fight me? Scorpius, no, but we can defy you if we lay down our lives to do so. Delphi, The prophecy must be fulfilled. We will fulfill it. Scorpius. Prophecies can be broken. Delphi. You're mistaken, child. Prophecies are the future. Scorpius. But if the prophecy is inevitable, why are we here trying to influence it? Your actions contradict your thoughts. You're dragging us through this maze because you believe this prophecy needs to be enabled and by that logic, prophecies can also be broken, prevented. Delphi, you talk too much, child. Crucio! Scorpius is racked with pain. Albus, Scorpius! Scorpius, you wanted a test, Albus. This is it and we're going to pass it. Albus looks at Scorpius, finally aware what he has to do. He nods. Delphi. Then you will die. Albus, full of strength. Yes, we will. And we'll do so gladly knowing it's stopped you. Delphi rises up, full of fury. Delphi. We don't have time for this. Mysterious voice. Expelliarmus! Bang! Delphi's wand is pulled away from her. Scorpius looks on in astonishment. Brick your bindo! And Delphi is bound. Scorpius and Albus then turn as one and stare in astonishment at where the bolt came from. From a young, good-looking lad of seventeen or so. Cedric. Cedric. Come no further, Scorpius. But you're... Cedric. Cedric Diggory. I heard screaming, I had to come. Name yourselves, beasts. I can fight you. Albus wheels around, astonished. Albus. Cedric? Scorpius. You saved us. Cedric. Are you also a task? An obstacle? Speak! Do I have to defeat you too? There's a silence. Scorpius. No, you just have to free us. That's the task. Cedric thinks, trying to work out whether it's a trap and then waves his wand. Cedric. Emancipare! Emancipare! The boys are freed. And now I can go on? Finish the maze? The boys look at Cedric, heartbroken. Albus. I'm afraid you have to finish the maze. Cedric. Then I shall. Cedric walks confidently away. Albus looks after him, desperate to say something, Unsure what to say. Albus. Cedric. Cedric turns towards him. Your dad loves you very much. Cedric. What? Behind them, Delphi's body creeps into movement. She crawls along the ground. Albus. Just thought you should know that. Cedric. Okay, um, thank you. Cedric looks at Albus a moment more and then walks on. Delphi pulls out the time-turner from within her robes. Scorpius. Albus. Albus. No, wait. Scorpius. The time-turner is spinning. Look at what she's doing. She can't leave us behind. Albus and Scorpius both scramble to grab part of the time-turner, and there is a giant whoosh of light, a smash of noise, and time stops. And then it turns over, thinks a bit, and begins spooling backwards, Slow at first, and then it speeds up. Albus! Albus. What have we done? Scorpius. We had to go with the time-turner. We had to try to stop her. Delphi. Stop me? How do you think you've stopped me? I'm done with this. You may have destroyed my chances of using Cedric to darken the world, but maybe you're right, Scorpius. Maybe prophecies can be prevented. Maybe prophecies can be broken. What is undoubtedly true is I'm done with trying to use you, annoying, incompetent creatures, for anything. No more wasting precious seconds on either of you. Time to try something new. She crushes the Time-Turner. It explodes into a thousand pieces. Delphi ascends again into the air. She laughs in delight as she sets off hard away. The boys try to chase her, but they've not the slightest chance. She flies. They run. Albus. No! No! You can't! Scorpius turns back and tries to pick up the Time-Turner pieces. The Time-Turner! It's destroyed! Scorpius. Utterly. We're stuck here. In time. Wherever in time we are. Whatever it is she's planning to do. Albus. Hogwarts looks the same. Scorpius. Yes, we can't be seen here. Let's get out of here before we're spotted. Albus. We need to stop her, Scorpius. Scorpius. I know we do, but how? Act 3, Scene 21. St Oswald's home for old witches and wizards. Delphi's room. Harry, Hermione, Ron, Draco and Ginny look around a simple, oak-panelled room. Harry. It must have been a confundus charm she used on him. Used on them all. She faked being a nurse. She faked being his niece. Hermione. I've just checked in with the Ministry, but there's no record of her. She's a shadow. Draco. Specialis Revelio. Everyone turns to look at Draco. Well, it was worth a try. What are you waiting for? We know nothing, so we just have to hope this room reveals something. Ginny. Where can she have hidden anything? It's quite a Spartan room. Ron. These panels! These panels must conceal something. Draco. Or the bed? Draco starts examining the bed. Ginny, a lamp, as the rest start examining the panels. Ron. "'shouting as he hammers on the walls. "'What are you hiding? What you got?' "'Hermione. "'Maybe we should all stop for a moment and have a think about what—' "'Ginny unscrews a lamp chimney from an oil lamp. "'There's a breathing-out noise, and then hissing words. "'They all turn towards it. "'What was that?' "'Harry. "'That's—I'm not supposed to be understanding. "'That's Parseltongue.' "'Hermione. "'And what does it say?' Harry. How do I? I haven't been able to understand Parseltongue since Voldemort died. Hermione. And nor has your scar hurt. Harry looks at Hermione. Harry. It says, Welcome, Augury. I think I need to tell it to open. Draco. Then do it! Harry shuts his eyes. He speaks in Parseltongue. The room transforms around them, becoming darker and more desperate. A writhing mass of painted snakes emerges on all the walls, and on them, written in fluorescent paint, a prophecy. What is this, Ron? When spares are spared, when time is turned, when unseen children murder their fathers, then will the Dark Lord return, Ginny? A prophecy, a new prophecy, Hermione, Cedric. Cedric was called a spare. Ron, when time is turned, she has that time-turner, doesn't she? Their faces sink. Hermione, she must do. Ron, but why does she need Scorpius or Albus? Harry, because I'm a parent who hasn't seen his child, hasn't understood his child. Draco, who is she to be so obsessed with all this? Ginny, I think I've got the answer to that. They all turn to her. She points up. Their collective faces sink further and fill with fear. Words are revealed on all the walls of the auditorium. Dangerous words. Horrible words. I will rebirth the dark. I will bring my father back. Ron. No. She can't. Hermione. How is it even... Possible. Draco. Voldemort. Had a daughter. They look up, terrified. Ginny takes Harry's hand. Harry. No, no, no. Not that. Anything but that. We cut to black. Interval. Part Two. Act Four. Act 4, Scene 1. Ministry of Magic. Grand Meeting Room. Wizards and witches from all over cram into the Grand Meeting Room. Hermione walks on to a hastily made stage. She raises her hand for silence. Silence falls. She's surprised at the lack of effort it took. She looks around herself. Hermione. Thank you. I'm so pleased so many of you were able to make my second extraordinary general meeting. I've got some things to say. I ask that we deal with questions and there will be a lot of questions after I speak. As many of you know, a body has been found at Hogwarts. His name was Craig Bowker. He was a good boy. We have no firm information who was responsible for the act, but yesterday we searched St Oswald's. A room there revealed two things. One, A prophecy that promised the return of darkness Two written on the ceiling, a proclamation. That the Dark Lord had a... that Voldemort had a child. The news reverberates around the room. We don't know the full details. We're only just investigating, questioning those with a Death Eater connection, And as yet, no record has been found either of the child or of the prophecy. But it does look like there's some truth to it. This child was kept hidden from the wizarding world, and now she's... Well, now she's... Professor McGonagall. She? A daughter? He had a daughter? Hermione. Yes. A daughter? Professor McGonagall. And she is now in custody? Harry. Professor, she did ask for no questions. Hermione. It's fine, Harry. No, Professor, that's where this gets worse. I'm afraid we've no means of taking her into custody, or indeed stopping her doing anything. She's out of reach. Professor McGonagall. We can't look for her? Hermione. We have good reason to believe she's hidden herself. In time. Professor McGonagall. Of all the reckless, stupid things, you've kept the time-turner even now. Hermione. Professor, I assure you... Professor McGonagall. Shame on you, Hermione Granger. Hermione flinches in the face of the anger. Harry. No, she doesn't deserve that. You have a right to be angry. You all do. But this is not all Hermione's fault. We don't know how the witch got hold of the time-turner, whether my son gave it to her. Ginny whether our son gave it to her or whether it was stolen from him. Ginny joins Harry on the stage. Professor McGonagall. Your solidarity is admirable, but it doesn't make your negligence negligible. Draco. Then it's a negligence I too should face. Draco walks up to the stage and stands beside Ginny. This is almost a Spartacus moment. There are gasps. Hermione and Harry have done nothing wrong but try and protect us all. If they're guilty, then I am too. Hermione looks across at her cohort, moved. Ron joins them on the stage. Ron. Just to say, I didn't know about much of it, so can't take responsibility, and I'm pretty sure my kids had nothing to do with it. But if this lot are standing up here, then so am I. Ginny. No one can know where they are, whether they're together or apart. I trust that our sons will be doing all they can to stop her, but... Hermione. We haven't given up. We've gone to the giants, the trolls, everyone we can find. The auras are out flying, searching, talking to those who know secrets, following those who won't reveal secrets. Harry. But there is one truth we can't escape. That somewhere in our past, a witch is trying to rewrite everything we ever knew. And all we can do is wait. Wait for the moment she either succeeds or fails. Professor McGonagall. And if she succeeds? Harry. Then, just like that, most of the people in this room will be gone. Will no longer exist. And Voldemort will rule again. Act 4, Scene 2 Scottish Highlands, Aviemore Train Station, 1981 Albus and Scorpius are looking at a station-master, apprehensively. Albus One of us should talk to him, don't you think? Scorpius Hello, Mr Stationmaster, Mr Muggle. Question Did you see a flying witch passing here? And by the way, what year is it? We just ran away from Hogwarts because we were frightened of upsetting things, but this is okay. Albus You know what annoys me most of all? Dad will think we did it deliberately. Scorpius. Albus. Really, I mean really, really? We're trapped. Lost in time. Probably permanently, and you're worrying what your dad might think about it. I will never understand the two of you. Albus. There's a lot to understand. Dad's pretty complicated. Scorpius. And you're not. Not to question your taste in women, but you fancy, well, they both know who he's talking about. Albus. I did, didn't I? I mean, what she did to Craig. Scorpius. Let's not think about that. Let's focus on the fact that we have no ones, no brooms, no means of returning to our time. All we have is our wits, and no—that's all our wits—and we have to stop her. Stationmaster, in very strong Scots, you ken the old Reeky train is running late, boys. Scorpius, sorry, stationmaster, if you're waiting on the old Reeky train, you need to ken it's running late. Train works on the line. It's on the amended time board. He looks at them. They look back, bewildered. He frowns and hands them an amended timetable. He points to the right bit of it. Leaked! Albus takes it and examines it. His face changes as he takes in enormous information. Scorpius just stares at the station master. Albus. I know where she is. Scorpius. You understood that? Albus, look at the date. On the timetable. Scorpius leans in and reads. Scorpius, the 30th of October, 1981, day before Halloween, Eve, 39 years ago. But why is she... Oh. Scorpius's face falls as he realises. Albus, the death of my grandparents... The attack on my dad as a baby. The moment when Voldemort's curse rebounded on himself. She's not trying to bring about her prophecy. She's trying to prevent the big one. Scorpius. The big one? Albus. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. Scorpius joins in. Scorpius and Albus. Born to those who have thrice defied him. Born as the seventh month dies. Scorpius's face falls with every word. Scorpius, it's my fault. I told her that prophecies can be broken. I told her the whole logic of prophecies is questionable. Albus, in 24 hours' time, Voldemort curses himself trying to kill the baby Harry Potter. Delphi is trying to prevent that curse. She's going to kill Harry herself. We need to get to Godric's Hollow. Now. Act 4, Scene 3. Godric's Hollow, 1981 Albus and Scorpius walk through the centre of Godric's Hollow and it's a bustling, beautiful little village. Scorpius Well, there's no visible signs of attack that I can see. Albus This is Godric's Hollow. Scorpius Your dad's never taken you. Albus No, he tried a few times but I refused. Scorpius Well, there's no time for a tour. We have a murderous witch to save the will from. But, regard. The church, St. Jerome's. As he indicates, the church becomes visible. Albus. It's magnificent. Scorpius. And St. Jerome's graveyard is supposedly magnificently haunted. He points in another direction. And that's where the statue of Harry and his parents will be. Albus. My dad has a statue. Scorpius. Oh, not yet, but he will. Hopefully. And this... This house is where Batilda Bagshot lived... Lives. Albus. The Batilda Bagshot? A history of magic Batilda Bagshot? Scorpius. The very same. Oh my, that's her. Wow. Squeak! My geekness is a-quivering. Albus. Scorpius. Scorpius. And here it is, Albus, the home of James, Lily and Harry Potter. A young, attractive couple leave a house with a baby in a pushchair. Albus moves towards them. Scorpius pulls him back. Scorpius, they can't see you, Albus. It might damage time and we're not doing that. Not this time, Albus. But this means she hasn't, we've made it. She hasn't, Scorpius, so what do we do now? get ready to fight her because she's pretty fierce, Albus. Yes, we haven't really thought this one through, have we? What do we do now? How do we protect my dad?'